All right, surprise. We told you guys we were making up for How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. You click the link to the episode so you know exactly what this is. Welcome to the Makata May finale 2.0. And don't you guys forget, the Saw is family. Spend my time listening to some dipshit who doesn't know what the hell he's talking about anyway. I know what you're talking about. Man, it's the same bullshit they tried to pull in my day. You know, if it ain't that piece of paper, some other choice they're gonna try and make for you. You gotta do what Randall Pink Floyd wants to do, man. Let me tell you this. The older you do get, the more rules you're gonna try to get you to follow. <laughs> you just gotta keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. Conversation is finished. I never met you. You never met me. There's only one rule in this fucking jungle. When the lion's hungry, he eats. You see, God asked Dad to destroy his son, much like he asked Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac. Well, that too, the law says that you cannot touch. But I think I see a lot of lawbreakers up in this house. Right? All right. Calling all horror hounds, kids, heroes, and economyacs. Welcome to the Film Effect Podcast, where we take all things film to the full effect. My name's Ed. Next to me is my cinematic life mate, Sean. Good morning, Film Effect. And before we jump into the true final episode of McConaughey, May, I want to let you guys know that our ever-growing collection of previous episodes can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, Pocket Casts, and wherever else you enjoy your favorite shows. You can find breaking news, schedule updates, and all things film effect related on all of our glorious social media pages. Sean, what's our Facebook and Instagram handles? That's going to be the Film Effect Podcast. And how about that Twitter handle? Film Effect Pod. And for other love, hate, or anything else to do with Film Effect, what's that email? The Film Effect Podcast at gmail.com. All right. And also, guys, ratings and reviews also help with the algorithm. You too can help by supplying yours on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen that accept such wonderful things. All right. <clears throat> Let's do some real quick shout outs and sharding before we jump into the episode. Shout out to his family. Um, I got two for shout outs this week. Uh, shout out to Paul and Griff. Uh, they listened to my spiral review yesterday and had good things to say. So thank you guys for that support and best film ever. I just want to chime in on uh, this week's episode where uh, he mentioned, uh, I believe it was Ian mentioned Anna Paquin uh, winning an Academy Award when she was little. Yes, that is true. She won for the piano. So I just want to let you guys know. It's that, like 12, right? Yeah. And um, thank you guys for the uh, McConaughey shout out in the episode as well. But these are the true episodes. How to Lose a Guy was not the final episode of the month. These are the true final episodes. So charting we charted in 
30th. We're currently in 30th right now in Hong Kong. Huh. Yeah, and we are number 20 in Nigeria. And we have new listeners in South Africa and Singapore. So thanks, guys, and welcome to the party, pal. Holy shit. All right. Well, guys, this is it. The film, I'm sure a decent chunk of listeners were curious if it were ever going to touch. All I can say is that you've already clicked that episode, so you know you can bet your sweet baby Ray ass that we're doing this. I told you guys at the top of the episode that the Saw is family. This is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation, a.k.a. The Return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Each of us has known the fear of being alone, lost in the darkness, faced with the unknown. But there is one fear shrouded in our past, lost in our subconscious, that should never have been forgotten. A fear so deep, it cuts to the bone. The American legend returns to bring you back to the cutting edge of terror. Welcome to my... to kill Renee Zellweger of Jerry Maguire. Are you having fun here? <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the next generation. If looks could kill, he wouldn't need a chainsaw. All right, first time viewings. Uh, it's, it's just that, you see, this is actually uh, my, my first time. No, no, my first, it's my first time uh, since my first time. So technically, that's my second time, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to suck at it. So if I'm not, a um, <laughs> why the hell did you see this for the first time? Okay, man. Um, <laughs> I was living in Georgia. Okay. Um, I was it was come out about ninety five, ninety six, right? We saw it in ninety seven here in the states. Oh, okay. Okay. So I was, I was living in Georgia mm -hmm. and, uh, I remember I was, it was Friday afternoon, opening day. I was off work mm -hmm. and, you know, I had my coffee and breakfast, uh, around, I guess, 10 o'clock that morning, flipping through my local arts and entertainment section. And I come across, you know, not a full page ad, but a big old, when they used to put the movie posters like on the block of the grids, you know what I mean? When you yeah, get to yeah, the movies, yeah. you know, the good old days of of uh, 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 of print newspapers. Yeah. And I saw this and I'm like, what the fuck? So <laughs> and I had already seen Daisy Confused. So <clears throat> I recognized, you know, both McConaughey and Zellyweg's name on the on a credit block. I'm like 
I didn't know there's another Texas Chainsaw movie. Look at these two motherfuckers that I've recognized from before. <laughs> I didn't have driver's right. license back then. So I decided I'm going to the movies that day. I hopped on a bicycle. And hold up, hold up, hold up. Stop. Pause, 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 pause. You saw us in the theater? I remember. I mean, I'm not saying it's it's it's, it's feasible. It play. I mean, I'm just saying if you did, if the, if this holds up, then you're you're very lucky. I could I could say you may you, you may not consider yourself lucky, but you kind of are because this had a very 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 limited theatrical release. And George is feasible. It would make sense. It would play down in that area. So I'm not discrediting your story whatsoever. I just never never heard this. So it's a story time for me as well. Continue. Yeah. So yeah. So I hop on a bike pedal my happy ass up to my local multiplex grab myself a ticket for oh, I like the two o'clock show now the cool part about this local theater is there is a Mexican bar right next door so my routine was suck a few Coronas that I had you know get up in there with your buzz on a watch a movie I go in that afternoon and I'm the only some bitch in the theater. Yep. That's <laughs> if there was other people, I don't I vaguely remember. I just know it wasn't crowded, but yes, I went to see this damn thing. Yeah. Well, Regrettably so. <laughs> that's about five fifty. I'm not getting back in ticket money. Um but uh yeah, yeah, man. That's I, I saw it at a little multiplex. Um uh, on the south side of Atlanta, Clayton County, yeah. Georgia. For me, I rented it. I, I rented this film as soon as it came out. I it had been on my radar for years. Um, matter of fact, uh, story time. Tell me a story. Wait, like my story? No, not your story. A story. Since you can't keep your mouth shut long enough for me to read my paper, tell me a story. I don't think I know any stories. You don't know any stories? No. All right, I'll tell you a story. This is a newspaper, right? It's 90% bullshit, but it's entertaining. That's why I read it, because it entertains me. You won't let me read it. So you entertain me with your bullshit. Tell me a story right now. Go. Um, This, I first caught wind of it around 95, 96. And I just got in, I just, I was just introduced to the franchise. I had just got um, rented the, the third one because that was the first one I saw was part three at uh, Drug City. And I so I just saw that and got into the craze. Um, took me a while to watch this series because I have always have had a fucking chainsaw phobia still to this day. And so um, I was familiar with this, the, the films and whatnot. And then I saw, for me, it was People Magazine actually had at the end at the back in the day because my mom used to subscribe to people and at the on the back of the every issue they had like upcoming movie articles or whatever and they had one talking about this coming out and back then it was i guess that the plan back when i at the time i read this was theatrical um and it was the shot it was a i'll never forget the picture that was enclosed in the magazine it was the picture of zellweger with holding the gun on the steps like pointed like it's in the film it's leatherface but it's just a picture of her pointing a gun on the steps mm. and um 
just knowing and back then it was called the return of the texas chainsaw massacre yes yes and what i saw it, is I, I i went to see i rode my bicycle to go see return of the texas chainsaw massacre so yeah yes, it, it didn't get that next generation shit until columbia bought it and it got released on video in 97 because that was mm-hmm. when it first came out and that's how i saw it uh, the first week because i believe the first time i saw a trailer for this was on the VHS copy of The Fan, Tony Scott's The Fan. They had a preview for this movie. Yeah, I remember and, that. And it was like, fucking, I, I had no idea that the preview was going to be in there because I rented The Fan expecting to watch The Fan. And I, I've always been a big dork for previews and shit. And sure enough, this, and this, I, this trailer had the new name, The Next Generation. And it was for, I guess, they were getting ready to put it out because the fan was a Columbia TriStar film, and that's who ended up putting this out. And um, yeah, rented it that week from Blockbuster, and uh, I had thoughts. <laughs> yeah, Alicia, Alicia, were you working? At, you weren't working at Blockbuster at the time, were you? Oh no, this was '97, so I was okay. I was 13. Okay, yeah, wasn't working sure. at all. So you spent fucking money on this piece of shit too. All well, right. I, I didn't. So, I don't feel My so mom bad. did. Miss <laughs> Patty, I apologize. Your son had really shitty taste 20 years ago. What's changed? <laughs> yeah. What you um, got me doing today? Yeah. So before we talk about the movie, um, let's just talk about this series for a little bit because we've never brought up the Texas Chancellor Massacre on the podcast here. And it's it's the original two films I hold near and dear to my heart. Oh, you you and me both now. I mean, I think you and I both have some fantastic stories about, you know, when we were hanging out with Marilyn Burns that day. Oh, yeah. That was a great oh, time. My, oh, my God. Seeing was... her and Gunnar Hansen. Well, it's, it, it was cool. hanging with Marilyn outside, smoking cigarettes and talking she was to just, her. Was she would like, great. Yeah, she was just like, I'd never forget. Like, she would see us and flag us over to hang out with her to kind of keep the other fans away because she knew we were hip and and i don't know if you remember but um when i because you know both her and gunner had signed my copy of the dvd Mm -hmm. and um i wound up giving gunner a a picture of the two of us together from a couple years before and he i don't know if you remember but he remembered me and then he kind of like let Marilyn know like this guy's pretty cool um Sean's Sean's a good dude I met him a few years ago and she was just she was just an all-around sweet sweet lady and I'll never forget we were out there um you know in front of the Marriott mm-hmm. you know me you Mandy and uh and Marilyn was that? yeah and uh you know we're just sitting there bullshit and I'm sitting right next to her and again, we were, we were talking about the original, and I asked her, you know, how she felt on set. The original, did you have any idea? And she's just like, Sean, we were just a bunch of stoned kids in our early 20s and the middle of summer in Texas having fun making a movie. Mm-hmm. So we didn't know what we had. And I remember we had that, I, I, I think, yeah, you you. you you were you were standing right next to me when we went into that Q and A with him later on that afternoon, and um, I can't for the life of me remember what question I asked. It was probably around 
you know, based around, you know, the legacy of the franchise and did they know what they had on their hands? I didn't do the Q&A. You didn't, think, you didn't do the No, you and Mandy went to that, I believe, because I didn't do the q and I, I, I went to the uh, the merch room, I think, and was hanging out with uh, my buddy Rob for a little bit. Okay. I remember so, going and hanging out with somebody, um, and then you guys, I guess, were doing that. So so when when, when we were in the Q&A, what was cool, <laughs> you know, it was, you know, auditorium probably had like 60-some-odd fans in it, and, they're, you know, they're up there on the, on, on, on the, the dais, like a little panel type thing. And I, I got called on, I, you know, I asked a question and I'll never forget that both Marilyn Burns and Gunnar Hansen, after me asking the question, when they responded, they called me by my first name, like we all knew each other. And the whole crowd is like, they're turning around like, these guys fucking know this dude. You know, is because, you know, I, whatever it was that I asked, Marilyn's like, well, Sean, let me tell you. And I didn't introduce myself. Like, hi, my name's Sean. Here's my question. They just knew me from because right. we were hanging out with them throughout the afternoon. You know? Yeah, she was cool. And guys, uh, Marilyn Burns played uh, the survivor in the first film, Sally Hardesty. Sally Ann Hardesty. Yep. All right. But yeah, that, that, that the film overall, the franchise, um, this is probably the most lopsided franchise of any horror film. Yeah, it went all over the place, man. Like, you know, Toby. It's still, going, it's still going all over the place. I mean, Texas Chainsaw back in 2013 had potential. I love the opening you're 10, talk, 15 talk, minutes. That's, you, you're, talking, you're talking about the fucking Platinum Dunes one, right? No, the 2013 one, the 3D one that one that oh, had, they they, they that was it starts with the end of the first one. Yeah, that 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 brought that they brought in Bill Mosley to play yeah, Sawyer. Yeah, I I didn't realize I didn't realize that film was that old. That was the to me, um, I don't want to say redemption, but at least it it it, it did redeem itself from the debacle that was this piece of shit those two platinum dunes movies which as far as i'm concerned the second one never needed to happen and the first one could have ended after 12 minutes when the when the camera zooms through the bullet hole in the hitchhiker girl's head you know so i was Your issues with those movies are the fact that they changed the last name it's more than that it's more than it's it, it, it's more than that it's it's more than that they're they're they were they were fucking garbage they were fucking garbage um this movie is fucking garbage but but that that leather that that, that 3d one um i'm not mad at I own the son of a bitch. Christ, I have it in 3D. I don't know my fucking 3D television don't even fucking work anymore, but I have the damn thing. I enjoyed it. I like, you know, how they how they tied directly into the original. I like how, you know, Mosley was doing his best seat out because those guys became buddies on set of TCM too. Yep. You know. Um and uh I was I, I was pleasantly surprised in fact i think i told you i went back and looked at it a second um recently i was surprised at that at, at that at that um the, the stephen thorff one with uh with uh what's her name lily um ah it's the the weird chick from say anything um, um lily 
I'm Why am I going Lily, to blank? Uh, yeah, I want to say Lily Holt, but that's not it. No, 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 no. It's, you know um, what I'm talking about. The one who, the, the, the one who's crushing Taylor, Lily Taylor, Lily Taylor, Lily Taylor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Stephen Dorff is like the, the you know, and, and the whole premise is which one of these three escaped lunatics is going to wind yeah. up becoming Leatherface? And like all signs point to the big one being him. <laughs> no, yeah, right. Like not. I mean, yeah, it's he's baited, you know, because he's got the you know the the the, the body shape and resemblance of of Bubba, if you will. Right, right, right. Um, but the denouement, it's it was pleasantly satisfying, man. Like that that film, I remember it, it getting wrapped in, and it, it sat, you know, it sat on the shelf for what a couple of years before they finally dumped it. You know, um, I was I I, I would I would watch the Leatherface 3D and um, what was it Texas the, the one I'm talking about now? The, the it's it's Thor- called Leatherface. That's it. It's just, just called Leatherface. Leatherface. Yep. It's Leatherface. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So I would I would watch the 3D one in Leatherface back to back more so than I would ever watch this hunk of hunk of burning shit and those Platinum Dune movies ever again. You know, I ain't mad at them. You know. Yeah, so yeah, you're right. This this franchise was just fucking all over the place. Once once Toby Hooper got up and walked away, you know, and it just, still is. We've got this fucking prequel or sequel or whatever the hell it is that's been filmed over in Romania for the last the fuck? two years now. That's supposed to be coming out soon. What the shit are you talking about? I didn't know they did. They they did another. There's, a, there's supposed to be another like real time sequel. They kind of like retconning the 2013 one all over again. What the fuck, man? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, they're, they're, so they're, they're, it's sh- legit. The MPA just gave it a rating about a month or two ago for like strong, brutal violence and shit. Oh my! So it's out gosh. there. It's in the can. So, 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 so the most recent one, Leatherface, is I guess not even considered canon. It's just more kind of like a you know a, a, a fever. I really, I honestly can't answer these questions until I see or even no, hear true. something on it. I true. know it exists. It's been shot. There are people in it. There's a tra- there's a trailer. Apparently, it's supposed to be coming out soon. There's a teaser poster if you Google it. But other than that, nothing. Radio Ooh. silence, and that's how it kind of it's the way it's been for the last two films. That's how these two films we were just talking about were the 2013 and Leatherface. Both were filmed like two or three, two or three years before they finally got put out, and it just sat in the can for, for whatever reason, and that's exactly yeah. what's happening now. So, I mean, we'll we'll see. So, that's that. This is this. Let's talk about TCM, the next generation. Here we go. So the film starts with the tra- with the traditional Texas Chainsaw text saying August 18th, 1973, news of a bizarre chainsaw welding family reports, which were to ignite the world's imagination, began to filter out of Central Texas. Regrettably, not one of the family members were ever apprehended, and for more than 10 years, nothing further was heard. Then, over the next several years, at least two minor yet apparent related in- incidents were reported. Then nothing again for five long years, silence. And then we're shown the date, May 22nd, 1996. And that's when we get our opening credits. Nothing special here. And we're introduced to Renee Zellweger's Jenny, who's putting on lipstick so that she's uh, to getting up. She's getting ready for prom. And we hear some commotion downstairs 
uh, from her father. And it's the only time in this film that they kind of like insinuate abuse happening because she quickly turned to um, wipes off her lipstick as soon as she hears the commotion downstairs. And apparently I'll get into it later on, but there's another, another cut of this movie. A lot of stuff got trimmed and obviously this opening scene was trimmed heavily. You can just see it in the, in the final cut that uh, there's more to it. I mean, the way she's putting the lipstick on, it kind of mirrors the way Leatherface does later on. And like I said, we, we hear brief commotion from what I'm assuming is her abusive father downstairs. And I say abusive because it's a cliche. And the way, reason we're hearing the commotion is to just insinuate that, I'm sure. And so, yeah, she just takes a little lipstick off. And then uh, we see her and her date, Sean, <laughs> Sean, taking prawn pictures. And uh, I have here on my notes, I hate that this is how the series trademark camera sound is treated in this film. Because we hear that to yeah, yeah, the prawn the, pictures the, being taken. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah the, the, the sound of what sounds be like a Polaroid being developed. Yeah, that old school camera sound we hear from the beginning of the first mm. film. That's in every single film that follows. Um, yeah, they, let me see a guy chasing the kid around and another drunk attendee drinking and talking to himself as the prom begins. And we're introduced now to Lisa Marie Newmeyer's Heather asking the teacher if her date slash boyfriend Barry has arrived. Then she's in a weird, bizarre moment. She's pulled aside by this girl who has a condition I can't put my finger on, telling Heather that the teacher's a bitch and then she's trying to cause trouble after the teacher says something smart but stops herself. Uh, then we see uh, Heather finding Barry. And he's making out with another girl. So Heather gets in the car and starts driving erratically with Barry chasing her and eventually jumping in the car. She tells him that she saw him kissing another girl. And he says it only happened once before giving her shit about being possessive. Like, is this fucking conversation really happening right now? This guy is trying to play it off. Like, he's essentially... Um, it's it's kind of like a gaslighting moment here. The way he's like saying that it was just one time and you know she's being possessive and shit it's just fucking weird damn it heather heather you better fucking stop this car right fucking now damn it we have a wreck it's gonna be my ass i don't care slow down please i wasn't doing anything i don't know what you're so pissed off about barry i saw you you were kissing her once i kissed her once what's wrong with that come on it's like i can't even talk to my friends anymore i can't believe how possessive you are Oh, right. I guess that's why you were feeling her up. And then he makes a really bizarre comment saying that guys get prostate cancer if they don't have sex. <laughs> well, this is a real movie, folks, with real dialogue actually written. When yeah, these, are, the, the, <clears throat> these people are, 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 are as vapid as they fucking come. And I couldn't help but notice how empty and desolate that fucking prom looked. Like, easily shittiest senior prom committed to celluloid I've ever seen. Yeah. I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't rent a tux to go to that that fucking event. I mean we're not even two minutes from seeing these people for the first time and I fucking loathe them. I hate them with a passion. I, I cannot wait for their death scenes. Yeah, I'm, I'm already exactly. angry they're, they're they're recycling names from the original like for real. You know yeah you just, yeah you can't just um, yeah, then suddenly Jenny and Sean pop up from the back seat. Like they've been there the whole fucking time. This is all happening. It's like, really? Uh, then we see the car get T-boned out of nowhere. 
So Heather drives off as Barry screams about the damage and how his father's going to kill him. She drives off and Jenny tries correcting Barry's story about cancer from lack of sex, but he starts to berate her and Sean tries defending her. Uh, but he gives him shit to every time he tries to, to, to chime in. Um, then Barry mentions them being there smoking pot and that he's going to kick Sean's, he's going to kick Sean's ass if his father smells it. And then in traditional Texas chainsaw fashion, Heather takes a detour down a dark off road as Barry talks about tits. My notes here are these local kids don't know about this road. Like there's like 10 minutes from the school. I mean, I don't know about you, but I know all the area roads, even yeah, exactly. the, even, it's, the, it's, even it's, the deserted it's not, ones. Yeah, it's 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 not like they're out of town. It's it's their fucking no. neighborhood. But suddenly yeah. they 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 stumble upon, you know, for lack of a better term, it's like it looks like my road because I live on a dark and windy road back here. Exactly. But, you know, but it, even I knew it's not like this road just suddenly sprung up out of nowhere. You know, <laughs> they sh- they should know about this fucking road, especially when they're right down the street from their goddamn high school. But anyway, movie's gonna. My notes, you you know, my notes say, "Kill me now." This is already a shitty movie, so uh, yeah, "Kill me now." Yeah, it's it's a terrible start. It really is, but um, yeah. Heather sees headlights moving around in the woods when they're suddenly hit, knocked off road by a drunk driver, who immediately passes out after getting out and telling them that he's not hurt, that he's okay. Uh, with Barry's car now inoperable, Jenny decides to go out by foot for help. So Barry and Heather join her while um, Sean stays back with the passed out drunk driver. They finally, they eventually find a dead dog carcass before arriving at Darla's office trailer, where they have her call for help. She calls someone named Vilmer, tells them the location of their car, and to go get help. And then, in a truly bizarre moment. A group of kids drive by the trailer and break out, break a window. So Darla goes to the broken window and flashes her breasts while yelling, "Read them and weep, boys!" Yeah, it's just like out of fucking nowhere. And here's the other thing: I'm like, who? Do, I made a note here. Who the fuck wears a tuxedo with ruffles in the mid '90s? This dude's got like a late <laughs> '70s tux. Yeah, he does. Prom in '95. <laughs> yeah, he does. I think he's going to a fucking wedding or something. Not a prom. Right. Right. Uh, so we're introduced to Matthew McConaughey's Vilmer. He uh, pulls up to Sean in the scene of the crash with his tow truck, and he gets out to further inspect the conditions as Sean tries talking to him and asking questions, all of which which go unanswered by Vilmer until he tells Sean the kid's dead. When he tries explaining to Vilmer that he's not, and he was just talking in his sleep. Vilmer snaps his neck and tells Sean not to run down that road because it's not going to help him. When Sean asks what he's going to do, Vilmer says, it ain't no fucking biggie. I'm going to kill you. This is when Vilmer starts chasing Sean in his truck. And then we cut back to Darla. I fucking hate these edits. Seeing the, yeah. uh, she sees I mean, the other three out. You were saying? I was going to say, it's like, it, it, we it, you look at this film and basically McConaughey's just got license to chew because he is just eating every bit of fucking screen time that he's got. Yeah. You know, from, day, he, from moment one. Yep. He is, he is swinging for the fucking fences because it's the closest thing to a vehicle, a lead role that he's had yet in his career. 
And he's like, I am making a name for myself today, boys. You know, and I'll be goddamn. You, you know, like, I'm trying to figure out, you know, that, that I've spent the better part of the last 20 some years trying to figure out, okay, is Vilmer supposed to be uh, the hitchhiker from the first one? Is he supposed to be the uh, Vigo Mortensen character from Texas Chainsaw 3? You know, See, that's where you it, fucked up right there. You're trying to wrap your head around this fucking continuity. Well, this fucking I mean, series has the worst continuity ever. It's just <laughs> so fucking all over the place. And it's just it it it, it, it acknowledges and disavows its previous entries at the same time throughout multiple films, because let's face it, this film is uh for lack of a better term, it's a remake of one and three. Uh, it's a yeah, very, I get a lot. Loose, yes, it's a very three. loose remake of one and three. And if I'm not mistaken, it's Kim Henkel directing this piece of shit, isn't it? Kim the Henkel. Original- Kim Henkel wrote, the origi- produced, he, and directed this. Yeah, and he was he was your your the he, original he, screenwriter he for one and two. Yeah, he worked with. Toby Hooper in the first film, yes, that's Kim. Well, he, but he, he also, he also worked on on, on the second one because I remember watching an interview with the guy where, like, he's talking about how he? they're, yeah, 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 because there's 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 an interview I think on my on my because oh. I, I I love the second one, I fucking love it. It's such a great fucking hysterical. It's a comedy. It is yeah, definitely absolutely. Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two is a full fledged fucking comedy. If you don't look at it that way, then you don't even know how to watch American Werewolf in London. Um. But yeah, he talks about how they were right the ending right up through the end of fucking production because he either like the last day on set, he's so exhausted he like scribbles off a page and and he falls asleep, you know, in his little chair. So mm-hmm. yeah, this is like his first time being able to get the reins, if you will, and um, you can tell the fucker doesn't know what he's doing when it comes to calling the shots. You know, stick stick the pen in the script, buddy. Yeah, yeah. And I, I have a theory about a lot of this shit, but like I said, we'll get into that after the talk about this fucking plot. So, yeah, it goes back to Darla, who just all, – all this cutback does is to have her see them out and assure them that the help is on the way. And then we cut back to Vilmer. Not sure why he didn't just stay on Vilmer, but whatever. He catches up to Sean. Uh, Sean's begging him to stop and give him a chance. Vilmer says they haven't even begun to have fun yet. Sean takes off again. Vilmer backs up and eventually hits Sean. He says, all right, racing fans, here we go. All right, racing fans, here we go. (laughs) Oh. Some metal music start to play as Vilmer runs over Sean over and over and over, killing the sad bastard. They're on the walk walk back to the crash site. Heather complains. He got out early. I know, right? Yeah, this Heather, fucking Sean is stuck through the end goddamn credits. I'm gonna sit here and talk about it for another hour. <laughs> that Sean got the, got the fuck out of Dodge before Act Two starts. Yeah. And, uh, this 
girl Heather's complaining about her feet hurting. And she yells for Barry and Jen to stop. And then an oncoming truck ignores her pleas to stop and passes them. So Barry and Heather chase after it, leaving Jenny all alone now. So Jenny's continuing to walk alone with her flashlight cutting out. She cuts, she calls out to Heather and Barry, but no avail. She yells that she's going to go see if Sean's okay and turns back around. Just missing a person passing her on their on uh, passing by on their motorcycle. Then out of nowhere, this is a really fucking moment here too. Out of fucking nowhere, a black trash bag is thrown on her, and then it rolls around in a way like there's something inside of it, and that's it. It it yeah. it, it, it it just it's thrown at no her out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. No, so uh, color me intrigued, and it's rolling around. Whatever it don't, yeah, of it. Yeah. don't scratch my itch though. You know, yeah. that's God, I'm so fucking mad at this fucking movie. So Heather and Mary are walking and talking about the rocky relationship. Heather admits <sighs> she, she's a bitch and says that she gets it from her mother and that if she doesn't, if she wasn't such a chicken, she'd be more like Jenny. Uh, this is when Barry calls Jenny a dog. Heather then provides us with some exposition dialogue saying that Jenny's mother gets married every 15 minutes and that all of her husbands hit on Jenny adding that she has a gym and that her body's to die for. Okay. So Jenny gets back to the crash to find both cars, including Sean, all missing. And uh, Heather and Barry get to this film's version of the Sawyer house and knocks. Barry goes around back to check while Heather has, takes a seat on the front porch swing. And this is where Leatherface Played by Texas, I'm sorry, played by Austin, Texas local Robert Jacks. Did you know what Robert Jacks did before this gig? Uh, name sounds familiar, so it's kind of ringing a bell. He co-hosted a local Austin, Texas radio show with Gibby Haynes from Butthole Surfers. Oh, right on, man. Right on. Saw those guys live. That was, that was, that, that was a fun time. He talked about, you know, you could tell that band's from fucking Texas, man. You ever seen the butthole surfers in concert? I can't say I have. Oh my God, dude. I'll never forget. He comes out. He's, you know, they're about two songs. Deep. He's like, we're, we're the butthole surfers. We're redneck man from Texas. Yeehaw. And he throws up a bottle of Jack Daniels whiskey and shoots it with a fucking shotgun, <laughs> you know? And a guy was, yeah, and he's he's literally wearing nothing but a pair of blue jeans, you know, big old beer belly, <laughs> you know, yeah, but dude. So this guy, so Billy Ray Leatherface, as I like to call him in this film, because he's got that fucking righteous mullet. That dude hosted yeah, a radio does. show with with Gibby Haynes. That's pretty yes. fucking awesome. Yes, I knew you like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, man. I love me some bottle surfers. <laughs> So, yeah, Leatherface quietly comes up behind her and starts playing with her hair. Um, she keeps on fixing it, thinking it was the wind or something. <laughs> uh, then around back while looking around, Barry is stopped by W.E., who has a shotgun. Meanwhile, Heather finally notices the sad fucker, lets out a scream loud enough that Barry around the back hears it. But uh, he's still being held up by the shotgun. Uh, Leatherface takes her inside, but she escapes and locks herself inside of a room before Leatherface quickly destroys the door and drags her into the back. He tries locking her in. I like this gig here. He tries to lock her in the freezer, but she keeps on getting out. 
So he puts this big ass like, what the hell is he putting? Like a fucking engine or something? It's something big oh, and heavy. He just puts yeah, on top it's, of it's, it. It's, it's like an engine block. And this is where you're starting to pick up the fact that, you know, Hankel is just phoning it in at this point. He's like, um, what the hell did we use at work back in 73? All right, put that in the fucking film. You know, do it all over again, man. Yeah, he's definitely... You can tell that he's trying to remake this, but he's also trying to do something different that doesn't it's, quite land on the mark. It's, it's it, like it doesn't it doesn't fucking gel because I remember even the first time I'm watching, I'm like sitting there, you know, drunk and stoned at 22 years old in this theater all by myself. I think I might have been smoking a joint in the fucking theater because one nobody there and. I'm like, is is this a remake? Is this a sequel? Because I, you know, there there was no indicators back in, you know, when this came out that that again, the franchise was all over the place, like we're talking about. That there right, was no right. there there was no true canon beyond one and two. Like one and two are you know are, are peas and carrots, and then the rest of it's just fucking nothing but shitty mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and I'm like, wait a minute, this is this is part one. But it's kind of part three, and you know, Vilmer's like the hitchhiker and Vigo Mortensen's love child, and he's got a fucked up knee because the guy got run over. So there's just there, there's no rhyme or fucking reason to this hunk of hunk of burn shit. Yeah, it, yeah. The the whole like mechanical knee thing. Um, I feel like we're stolen from another another film. Like this, like another. It's 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 a nod. It's it, it's a nod to what happened to him. In, in, oh in, no, in, part three. That's right. Leatherface in part three has a knee brace, just like it's, it doesn't have a remote control and shit right, like that. Right. But he's got a knee brace right. in it. I remember that. So now. There, he's literally like Kim Hankel's just like grabbing spare parts from the three previous entries, and he's kind of throwing them at the screen mm-hmm. to see what sticks. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's but uh, yeah, yeah, the, the whole mechanic. Yeah, the knee part was a completely different character in the third film in the franchise, which apparently has nothing to do with this film in the franchise. Right, such a fucking mess. Uh, so Barry's forced to enter the house now, so he does so and then slams the door closed behind him and yells out like he just got away or something. Barry then slowly and kind of casually checks out the place, yelling to Heather like she's there while taking a piss in the bathroom. He actually says while taking a leak, there's some crazy guy out there with a shotgun. I locked him out, though. You should have seen me. Fucking says this shit like like acting like the place is uh, all theirs or something like that. It's bizarre. Heather, you okay? There's some crazy guy outside with a shotgun. Locked him out, though. You should have seen me. Uh, Barry then turns around to find a decomposed body in the tub. So he goes to make a run for it, only to find another face outside the door waiting for him with a sledgehammer. And he, he he didn't smell that when he came in to take the whiz. He didn't just smell the, you know, rotting. I know, flesh. I know. That's exactly. That's what I was thinking too when I saw that. So then, yeah, uh, the other face here, just... If you've seen the first film, you know what happens. Sledgehammer, meet head, head meet floor. And at this point, he takes Heather and finally hangs her on a meat hook. Oh, geez. Never seen that before. 
Never, 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 ever. Especially in these I'm, I'm, never. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, man, nothing, nothing beats a sledgehammer to the head like the original, dude. I'll never forget when that happens and the little flourish of like his legs kind of like twitching. Yeah, you know, twitch. Exactly. It's great. Like, it's like, I'm like, holy fuck, that would really happen. And I never, you're like, you know, you're sitting there watching, like, I'm going to never thought to add that. You know, that, that, that is exactly how that shit would go down because his fucking, you know, he just got clobbered to the fucking dome and you're watching his motor functions literally dissipate, you know? So yeah, when Barry takes that, that fucking hammer in the original Leatherface just drags him behind the steel door and slams it. It's just, oh my God, there's, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. We should have been talking. And folks, I'm going to tell you guys right now. Ed had me coming into this thing. He's like, log into Voodoo. We're doing Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I thought we were doing the original one. I, I have no in. idea why you thought that. I Because you never said, you just said TCM. I'm like, all right, cool. We're doing Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Some Yeah, well, I figured it out when I logged in. I saw you had rented fucking Generations. I'm like, son of a bitch. Makes sense. The only one that has McConaughey in it. And I I I I I literally before I push play, I dumped a I dumped a beer in a mug and took the whole fucking thing to the head through a straw just so I can get through the goddamn film. So yeah, folks, I'm just as surprised as y'all are that we're covering this hunk of shit. Mm -mm. You gotta stop drinking when we talk about the schedule. (laughs) Jenny is stopped by Vilmer and asked if uh, if he was the one who move the cars where her boyfriend Sean is. Vilma tells her he knows exactly where he is before cussing at her to get in the truck, so she reluctantly does. Then in the truck, Vilma is warning her about the dangers of getting in the cars with strangers, getting louder and louder. Jenny tells Vilma that he's scaring her, so he tells her to look in the back, and if she really wants to be scared, and she does so and sees Sean's dead body, and her reaction is calm as shit. It's a, oh God. What's going to happen to me? I shit, I shit you not. That's her reaction to seeing her dead boyfriend in the back. Oh, mm. God. Just so calm. Like, are you going to hurt me? <laughs> Strangers these days. I heard about an old man once. Picked up a little girl on the side of the road. Shot both her arms off and stuffed her in the culvert. Left her for dead. God, I fucking hate that. I mean, that sorry son of a bitch didn't have shit for an imagination. How fucking simple can you get? Stop, you're scaring me. Scaring you? You're not scared. You don't know shit about being scared, little girl. Not yet. You want scared? You want scared? Have a look behind you. Have a look. Yeah, how about that, huh? Look again, goddammit. Go ahead, look again. I think I want you to stop and let me out. (laughs) You think? Or do you know? Huh? Go ahead and have a look. You better look. No. You don't want to look. No, no. What's your goddamn problem? Okay. If you stop, I'll look. You want it to stop? Yes. Stop it. Ow. 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 Have a look at that. Ow. Have a look at that. Who's that? Who's that? Oh God. Yeah, of course you gotta throw in a little something extra. Just let them know it ain't Saturday morning cartoons, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's so, almost it's, it's almost you know for a split second I thought it was it was an outtake from Bridget Jones' diary. 
Yeah, yeah, you would think. The way she fucking reacts on this. Uh, so then Jen- Jenny jumps out of the truck and starts being chased around by Volmer through the woods. He eventually stops and gets out of his truck to warn her that she doesn't know what the hell she's doing and that if that this is the way she wants, then it's up to her. Live and learn, he says while driving away. Live and learn. <laughs> so after after Vilmer drives off, Jenny looks around scared when suddenly Leatherface appears with his trademark chainsaw, giving us our classic Texas Chainsaw Massacre chase sequence that ends up at the house and into the attic, just like the original film. She even finds she finds a gun from the, the local sheriff figure in the attic, but it's not loaded. So yeah, it's like a statue. It's, it's, like he's, and it's, it, there's another thing for, for, for no rhyme or reason, no explanation. Big old petrified sheriff in the house. Fucks up. He turns to dust. He's like, he's like fucking like when she picks up the hand and shit or the gun, like the hand comes off and like it's weird. I don't, I don't get it. It's Jesus Christ. <laughs> so yeah, Leatherface so chases her up the steps and then she jumps out the window onto the roof. Uh, Leatherface then chases her on the roof up and, up, he, up oh, and up. oh oh and it's my favorite scene where he where he where he chainsaws a fucking chimney in half. He chainsaws yeah, say, a fucking chimney. Uh, not only physically, that, she like, no, physically that could there, there's there, there's no fucking way or. In hell, he could chainsaw through a fucking chimney. What a goddamn handheld Black and Decker. But it fucking happens on screen. I watched it two days ago. So for her to go to, to, to escape this shit, she, she first climbs up this raggedy-ass antenna. And then she makes yeah. a jump for it onto this wire, not knowing, hey, dude's got a chainsaw, and all he has to do is slice upwards. And that's exactly what he fucking does. Slices that wire and she goes crashing down the greenhouse. Um, and she just kind of like gets up and looks around, just dusts the, all the glass off her and shit, walks around like you know, ain't no thing. Then all of a sudden, another face busts through the greenhouse as the chase scene continues. He chases her through the woods again some more, and then yeah, he's, he make, he's, he, he's pretty spry for, yeah. for over for you. Know, for, for an overweight Texan man, he went from he, he went from the roof to the greenhouse, and the time it takes for Zellywigs to drop about sixty feet. He's yeah, spry. Our, boy, our boys worked out, man. He fucking he gets his workout when he can, chasing them girls all around. Shit, you know, <laughs> it works out. So yeah, uh, he chases her back to Darla's work trailer, and she runs inside hysterically. Uh, Darla then tells her to calm down and that she's going to go check. But she it's, it's, no it's at there. this point, it's at this point when she comes into the trailer, I'm half expecting to see Jim Seedow in there, you know, fixing up some fucking sausages and shit like he did in the back of his gas station in the first one. I yeah. mean, again, throughout the entire film, if you guys remember, if you've never seen it, if you're currently watching it. There's there's moments where like you know, I've seen this before I've seen that before I've seen this before I've seen that before, and Henkel thought it was a good fucking idea, and got paid more money than I'll ever fucking see to make this goddamn thing. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of familiarity with this film, especially like here, the Darla character. It's the cook. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. She yeah. she even use doesn't she use a broom 
Or no, it's a cattle prod. I'm sorry, it's a cattle yeah, prod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she does the same thing. She, like, like hitting with a stick in a bag. Like, like, like good old seat owls remember for it. Yeah, man. So she was doing that. Okay, she was. I, I thought yeah. that wasn't crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Darla tries telling Jenny that it was just some local boys pulling a prank, but she says no. It was a guy with a chainsaw. And then We shows up almost immediately after uh, Darla calls Vilmer. And Darla yells for him to get her and yells at Jenny to stay down and shut up. And yeah, W.E.'s got this cattle prod that he hits her with. And then he beats her with a broom before locking her in the truck of Darla's car. Darla then tells her that she's already put in an order for pizza and that she's heading straight home. After. <coughs> so, yeah, don't she stop to get the pizza with her in the fucking car? This must be a Texas thing because, yeah, you're right. That's what happens next. But a drive through pizza place yeah right exactly you must Pull be a texas a- thing i mean i've I, never i've never gotten a pizza through drive through before i can I mean, honestly we had, say that i've we, never we, we we had when i worked at pizza hut we had a carry out window but you still had to park the fucking car get in and walk right. into the building this is a drive through right straight up pulls up to it like a fucking mcdonald's <laughs> Because the guy at the, the drive-thru asked her a couple times what's back there and that it sounds like there's someone locked inside. Um, meanwhile, a sign on the wall here tells us that all tells us that all. Uh, I don't know why I wrote that. She asked him if uh, he wants to come out and see what's in the trunk, but she goes to pop the trunk. She actually pops it and invites the guy out. Not sure where she was going with this because the guy's like, oh, I better not. I got work to do. And she's like, see it yourself. And then when she goes to close the trunk, that's when, like you mentioned, she's like poking with the stick and shit while she's in the trunk in the middle of this drive through with cops right behind her ordering a couple black coffees. One of the cops played by Deborah McMichaels from WWF. Remember Deborah? Deborah with the puppies. Back in like the late '90s, she was the she was the manager for Jeff Jarrett. She was married to Steve McMichael. That's why I called her that. But even though her screen name, yeah, was okay. I, I, she came I out with it. like a short skirt and like this. Her breasts were always like her cleavage was always exposed. She like she was with Jeff Jarrett, and then when Jeff Jarrett left and went to WCW, she was actually involved with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like they were in a real life relationship, which transpired to like them. Their characters being in a relationship too. But anyway, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm getting off track. Let's face it they, they 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 didn't they didn't reach too far outside of the Dallas Fort Worth area when it came to casting for this fucking Hell film. Hell no, they didn't. Fuck no. So one of the cops here get out to assist Darla, but she closes the trunk after poking a hole in the bag around Jenny's head for her to breathe. Uh, just as he gets to the truck, uh, she closes it. Darla gets the rest of her order and drives away. <laughs> Anyone else would have been stopped and searched. I'm sorry. Anyone else, if it was anywhere else and that shit was happening, I'm sure they would have at least said, hey, let me take a look and see that what's in that trunk, you know, because it look, it just all looks suspicious. I don't know. Texas, Texas. I love, I love Texas, but really? man, they're different. Um, on Where the drive home. Yeah, I know. <laughs> on the drive home, Darla's passed by two cop, the two cops from the pizza place. Uh, she eventually finds Heather in the road. Yeah, and and, and the, the cops went to the pizza joint to get coffee, right? That's the first place I go when I'm third when I, when I need some coffee. I don't go to Dunkin' Donuts. Oh God, I, I never thought about that. That's right. I don't go to Starbucks. 
I had to my local Pizza John's for did they even serve coffee at pizza joints? I don't think I've ever seen coffee on a fucking menu when I've ordered a large pie. I'm sure this pizza place does. I mean, this is the only pizza place that has a drive-through window, so why wouldn't they serve coffee? You know? Shit, they probably uh, got a liquor license too. Probably. <laughs> it's Texas, man. Just, just keeping Austin unique. That's all. Keeping Austin Keep it unique. weird. Uh so yeah, she finds Heather in the road. And uh, Heather's asking for help because uh, the last we saw Heather, she was hung by the back of a meat hook. How did she, how how did she, she escape? How did she get, how she get out? How's she breathing? How is her lung not punctured? I mean. <sighs> questions, questions, questions. Logic, this movie has none. <laughs> <laughs> so she grabs a stick and casually hits Heather, who barely begs for her to stop. She's like, Al, stop it, please. Jesus fucking Christ. Darla next arrives at the house with everyone's dinner. W.E. is chasing Leatherface around with his cattle prod. She tells W.E. about Heather while Leatherface grabs Jenny and takes her inside. While, while W.E. chases him around with the prod some more. It's worth mentioning the family isn't a bunch of cannibals in this film. They're eating pizza. So they're not eating meat. You know what I mean? It's different. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, uh, I think it's, it's the so first and only one where they don't really insinuate that they eat people. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, but I mean, let's face it. I, I'm the type of guy who prefers a bunch of Leatherface in his Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. And Leatherface is a fucking afterthought in this film. It's what can we do to give McConaughey enough room to eat the scene? He's your main motherfucker, man. Leatherface has got what about maybe four or five scenes? I think he's got a total of maybe yeah, eight that's minutes. Right. Yeah, he's got and. and I I will give it this. They they lean. It's the first time they really lean into the whole. Uh, I don't want to say drag queen cross dressing. That's the first time they really lean into that. That was always Hooper's intent from the beginning to insinuate because you got that that almost like blink and you'll miss it in the in the first or I think maybe the second one where, you know, he's putting on a different mask for different occasion. And he's, you know, he's, he's dressing up and he's putting his fucking lipstick. It's on the first face. one. And the first one, he's got the, the suit with the mask that has lipstick on smeared all over his face. Yeah. You, you see him like actually putting the makeup. On. This is mm-hmm. where they finally lean heavy into it. So we'll give it that. Like it, 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 it goes full on to establish, you know, it took us four goddamn films to get here that, you know, right. Bob is a cross dresser. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Vilmer asks Jenny why his batteries aren't charged when she changes the subject and tears into WE. I'm sorry, not not Jenny Gala. Uh, she changes the subject and tears into WE about not telling Vilmer about dinner. He mentions the broken door when Vilmer takes the bag from Jenny and starts talking about the FBI surveillance in the place before asking her if she's ready to have some fun. So right off the bat, Vilmer's like, yeah, we're being watched. There's some really fucked up shit happening here. It's kind of meta. It's kind of the this is this is kind of the beginning what I wanted to talk about and 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 sort of defend Kim Hankel in this shit because we get it right here with the FBI surveillance mentioning. And then we get the whole Illuminati thing a little bit, which I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Hey, we'll get to that. Hang on a second. So yeah. Vilmer leaves the room. 
Um, and Darla tells Jenny not to let Vilmer get to her. Leatherface drags Heather's body into the room, and Vilmer says that he's in the mood for love when he bites down on her and draws blood with his mouth. So what do you do? Bite her, her lip or bite her? What the fuck did he bite? It doesn't really say. Uh, he, 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 he bit the fucking scenery is what he biting, man. <laughs> he's chewing the fuck out of it. Uh, Darla's getting Jenny dressed up and having a girl talk with her about Vilmer and how he's not so bad. Darla, Darla tells Jenny about the Illuminati and how they've been covering for them for some time. Vilmer comes in and throws Darla out before threatening Jenny with a knife. Alone again, huh? I've got a mind. Just lit your oh. goddamn throat. Oh. If you can't stand, give me a reason why I shouldn't. Nine, eight. What? Don't be late. Oh. Oh. Seven, six, you better get it right. <laughs> you shouldn't kill me. I'm... Five, four. <laughs> Three, two, yes, you one. want me alive for some reason. Huh? You want me alive for some reason. <laughs> That's a good answer. That's a good answer. Smart girl. We've got a so smart girl. Well, kind of makes you think, doesn't it? Smart girl. Attacking uh, Darla in the process, who fights back in anger. We got Leatherface also involved with the commotion along with W.E., when, when Jenny takes a shotgun and threatens the entire family to get down on their knees or else she'll shoot them. And this is when we see Vilmer starting to cut himself and tells her that he doesn't have enough. She doesn't have enough shells. Insinuate the gun's empty, although she's not buying it and thinks it's still loaded. Um, Vilmer th throws Dollar down and starts crushing her skull with his knee brace Jenny tries stopping him with the shotgun, but he takes it and points it at his own head for her. It then goes off, not hitting anyone, but showing that the gun was in fact loaded all along. So Jenny takes, uh, she runs outside and, in, and onto the car that drove, Darla drove home. Before we see Vilmer jump off the roof and onto the hood. And did you hear this fucking sound the dude makes? I had to rewind it at least four or five times. I was laughing so fucking hard. He jumps off the roof onto the hood of the car and he makes this sound. It's the funniest fucking thing. You didn't hear it? I did. I did. I did. But I was like, I was. I was so busy listening to the sound of my eyes roll that oh, I, that I forgot to rewind it. Sometimes you gotta have some fun. I was having a fucking blast with this scene. Just this weird ass sound effects. He's just like, boo. I'll probably play a sound clip. He asks what she's doing in there before going on a ride on the hood. He, you know, he asks what she's doing in there before going. Yeah, before going on the ride on the hood. She suddenly breaks and knocks him off, but uh, the, the hood pops open all of a sudden blocking her view until she crashes into a tree and then jenny's taken back to the house and knocked out by vilmer with the shotgun and then we get 
Leatherface being dialed up, mirroring the way Jenny was getting ready in the beginning scene. And yeah, you're right. This is the first I think we've seen him actually getting dressed for the occasion like this. It, it, yeah, it's it, it's it, it's the first time it's and, and it's so overly implied you're pretty much being hit over the fucking head with it. But it's mm-hmm. the first time in three films that they've established that uh, they, 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 they've gone full on to commit that unspoken rule that Leatherface fancies himself as, you know, the the matriarch of the family. Hence, right. you know, the long hair and the rouge and the eyeshadow and the lipstick, you know. I, I think this is the first... Um the first time we've seen him getting ready period because in the first one he's got he just shows up with with the different costume at the end well i think i I think there's an alternate take and again i'm i'm I'm, i could very well be you know remembering incorrectly but i'm i I remember a scene earlier in the franchise where that and that was the first time that i read was i was watching like a special feature like a like you know like behind the scenes Mm -hmm. type thing and it's it's i believe it's from if either one or two um definitely you know before we get to the third one um where they they establish that i think it's i I think you're actually hearing toby hooper in the voiceover where he's like yeah we wanted this this was our intent to establish like leatherface sees himself as the mama bear of the family and so it was it, it, it was committed to before, but never uh, give finalized, given the green light, put in right. front of the audience as much so as it is, you know, in this movie. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so then <clears throat> in the kitchen, Darla takes Vilmer's knee brace remote and starts controlling it before the two start making out together in the room. Makes fucking no fucking is, sense how this remote works. fucking film. It's a fucking television remote, for Christ's sakes. So, so then we get the films, all right, all right, all right moment. As gotta Vilmer have enters that. the dining room. That's right. Uh, gotta for, have that. It's for the film's big dinner uh, big dinner scene. And <laughs> that was the closest thing to his redemption world. this movie got from me. Was hearing was hearing Makate say those three words. That was as close to redemption as you're gonna fucking get from me, man. So we we see Jenny start to scream. So Vilmer screams along with her. His intent <laughs> his intensity is rising more and more by the minute. Darla has Jenny breathe in and out of a paper bag before Vilmer starts to mock her some more as she cries out about them being psychos. Darla then has another girl talk with Jenny before Vilmer grabs her by the throat and starts to deliver another psychotic monologue. However, Jenny slaps Vilmer twice and tells him that he's not not to touch her ever again. She tells him if he kill if she tells him if he's going to kill her, then do it because she's sick of, of the bullshit. And this is when We says there's nothing to fear but fear itself as Vilmer <laughs> knocks him out. We then see Grandpa get up with a knife and say, fuck this. He just walks out of the room. That's it. No setting Grandpa up to hit you with the head with a hammer. And he can walk. So Grandpa's back. Now he can walk. This this shot right here of Grandpa getting up and just saying, fuck it, and leaving the room is why I think this film was meant to be tongue-in-cheek. It was meant to be a humorous remake. I'm convinced 
Hinkle was set out to make a funny remake of the original film, and it's not meant to be taken seriously. We see that right here with Grandpa, because before this film, Grandpa was always brought in. He was always like hundreds of years old, mm-hmm. but somehow had a corpse or had a pulse. And he would come in and they would set him up with the bucket and hammer and, you know, feed him a little blood because that's how he still, you know, came to life yeah, with blood, apparently. Yeah, that, that's how he was sustained. Right. This one, nah. He just opens up his eyes, gets up, holding a knife, and just says, fuck it, I'm leaving myself. And that's it. Yeah, and, see him and, leave and he don't come back. He's, he's still old as shit, but he's still 20 years younger than he was in the first film. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, it's funny because John Dugan played him in the first one, and it's like a he was like 19 years old at the time. And yeah, I will say it was, old people. That's all. That's all old person <laughs> I was gonna bring that up about how you know it was it was really a young dude underneath all that makeup playing yep. playing the old guy. Yeah, he was like 18, 19 years old at the time. Yeah, John Dugan, you're right. Yep. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, Leatherface stands up and screams, but Jenny tells him to sit the fuck back and sit down and shut the fuck up. She's like, you sit down and shut the fuck up. So he does. Now, I'm going to leave and no one is going to stop me. You sit the fuck down and shut up. Vilma then comes in and asks, are we having a party or what? He then pours lighter fluid on Heather's back and sets it on fire as Jenny suddenly changes her tune and says she's sorry to Vilma, but it's too late. He grabs her uh, so that she can't help Heather. And then we just see Heather collapse after Darla puts her out with the fire extinguisher. And that'll be it for Heather in this film. Uh, no, it's not actually. <laughs> Believe it or not, it's not. We hear a knock, we hear a knock, and then we see a limousine pull up in front of the house. This is when a, well, this is when both a suit enters the house, and it's also when things just fucking get really bizarre. It's yeah, like suddenly the fucking men in black show up in the middle of nowhere, Texas, middle of the night. Yeah, Check, this like, guy in a suit just comes in and sort of clashes with Vilmer before he takes a look around the place. Jenny grabs him and begs him for begs for him to help her. He calms her down and he uh, has her sit before going into what's going on. He berates Vilmer and tells him that there's only one reason and one reason only that he's there. He says it's simple. He wants these people to know the true meaning of horror. Nothing more, nothing less. <laughs> This is appalling. You are here for one reason and one reason only. Do you understand that? I want to hear you say you understand that. No? It's very simple. I want these people to know the meaning of horror. Horror. Is that clear? So then the, the man in the suit reveals, he rips off his, his uh, top and he's got this pierced, scarred chest looking like he's been spending some time down in Midian. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he yeah, definitely looks like he came out of Midian because seriously, he, dude. It's like, like what the fuck? It's it's like he's got these weird pattern, like a like the, the these square brands on his on his chest, and it's not just one or two. It's like it looks almost like a fucking you know a, a shitty wallpaper pattern from the seventies. And this is when you realize you have eaten too much acid because. You, there's like like this this film is literally like an acid induced fever dream. It's so fucking bonkers and all. Got kind of six nipples. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Bizarre, man. Out of like nowhere, a fucking cow. Out of nowhere, nowhere in the last three films in the last twenty years has it ever been established that the Sawyer family was working with the Illuminati to perpetrate this shit, which is why they've gotten away with it for so long. Hankel just decides, like, he's like, ah, we, we haven't gotten the kitchen sink yet, right? Throw that fucking thing in there. You know, <laughs> it's just so fucking bad. So this is when Heather meets her demise. Vilmer crushes her skull finally with that uh little lake mechanic thing he's got going <laughs> on. Jesus. Um, That's Vilmer controlled then... with a fucking, you know, Sony remote control. Yeah. So then he starts cutting himself and he cries. Vilmer starts to cry as Darla tries begging and stopping him. Jenny uses an out to escape, but Vilmer grabs her and brings her back as Leatherface revs up his saw and tries swinging it at her while Vilmer's got her in his clutches. She grabs his leg remote and messes with it to escape. Jenny finally escapes as it's uh, starting. The sun's starting to come out a little bit. Like it's sunrise is starting to begin. I, 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 I know what you're going to say. I know. I know. We'll get to it. I'm going to say the no, same no, no. fucking thing. Oh, no, no, no. It's, I mean, it, it, I, I made a note here. It says, run away, Zellywegs. Run far, far oh, God, away God. from this movie. Yeah. Vilmer, Vilmer uh, yells for Leatherface to go get her leather. We've got some more fun today. Now it's full-blown morning from one scene to the next. I hate when movies do this. It's like this, this super sped up like sunrise. It's like one scene before the sun was just starting to peer. Yeah, it's, going, it's, it's going from next dark scene to high noon in the course of like two minutes. Five minutes. Yeah, two minutes. Exactly. It's crazy. So Jenny's running out in this open field that wasn't in the film before. Now it is. Um <laughs> We see a random plane flying around again. The sun is just now rising. What the fuck's a random plane doing flying around? The wife, this wife named Mrs. Spottish and her husband are in their RV. We hear Mrs. Spottish say, it's a beautiful morning. And then like she's like, there's a monster chasing her with a chainsaw. Better step on it, Mr. Spottish. Step on it, Mr. Spottish. Jenny runs into this RV that's driving. So we got this random RV in the field with a random plane flying around in the same field. It's sunrise too. Keep that in mind, the back of your head. 
Um, Jenny gets in the RV. Vilmer suddenly shows up with Leatherface in the back of his truck. They cause the RV to crash together. Jenny gets out, and is, I'm assuming the old people were killed in the process. Because Jenny gets out and is chased by Vilmer when suddenly this place, th- this plane, randomly flies down solely to hit Vilmer over the head with its tire. And that's it. It exits the fucking movie after Vilmer gets killed. This is Another- this this is what happens when your director writes the fucking script. <laughs> it was crazy. I was like, what the fuck? What a waste. So Leatherface screams out and cries at his brother's death. Then uh, that limousine with the, the, the scarred guy from Midian pulls back up and uh, picks Jenny up. Yeah. The suit still being inside. He apologizes to her and says this whole thing was an abomination and that it was supposed to be a spiritual experience. Um, she tells him to go fuck himself. So he offers her a ride to the hospital or local police station. Then we see Jenny being asked questions by a cop played by John Dugan. Suddenly she goes silent after Sally Hardesty played again by the late Marilyn Burns is being pushed by her orderly played by Paul, Paul Partain. Then the film ends with Leatherface doing his iconic dance in the field where we saw him mourning over the death of Vilmer. And that, folks, is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Next Generation. Mm, sweet fucking Jesus. <laughs> uh, I think that was my favorite part was the last scene because you got Partain and, 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 and Burns kind of showed back up. I mean, let's face and it. And Dugan, three. We got three originals in that last scene. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, Hankel called in all fucking favors at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crazy. It's fucking crazy. Um, there really wasn't much of a box office for this movie, so I'm going to skip that section for this one. Yeah, I um, gave it six bucks, regrettably. Yeah, you said it all right. About, I mean, we talked about. We don't need to talk about the cast because this, we, who are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about fucking Darla, who are all, the woman who played Darla. Her only other appearance outside of this that I've seen her in was fucking Varsity Blues. She played the stripper teacher. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, right. Other than that, we've talked about Renee Zellweger on the show already. We talk about McConaughey every fucking week. So nothing more to explain to him. I really don't know slash give a bullfrog's fat ass about the actors who played Barry or Heather. I fucking hate them. I don't give two shits about their story. I'm sure the people listening don't care either. Let's just skip along to our biggest takeaways. Mr. Madison, what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. You want me to start? You want me to start? Uh, my biggest takeaway is this movie should have never fucking existed. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Uh, I, 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 I think the sole purpose of it existing in our universe is to springboard McConaughey and Zellywigs on to bigger and better things. And let's face it, there was a production going on in Texas. The two of them are bound to get involved somehow, way, shape, or form. You know, um, 
it's it's it, it literally it, it literally is like eating too much fucking LSD and and having a fever dream. It's just so. And if you're if you if you're gonna voluntarily watch this, my recommendation is get all fucked up, get yourself nice and fucking lubed up for this goddamn film, and liberate or make make sure your mind is nice and limber. Because this movie's gonna make you fucking angry. You're gonna need the right kind of inebriated eyes to look at it. Um, I got a few for biggest takeaways. The first one, though, kind of a bombshell. I don't fully hate this movie. I don't. <laughs> let's, let me let me reword that. I don't hate this movie as much as I used to, um, because I finally have embraced the fact that this movie after all these years of seeing it and, and pretty much hate watching it, um, watching it, this go around. I finally realized that it's, it's, it's straight up satire. It, it, it is. And I never saw that before in this film. I always thought this, this was, you know, trying to be a legit sequel when it's really not. And yeah, I've so- finally seen it for what it is this time. And so that being said, I don't fully hate this movie as much as I used to. In fact, it I, went up a point. I, I mean, I, th- I, I think I, I think I wrapped my head around the whole satire thing. Um, not, th- not not this viewing, and I, I'm ashamed to say I've actually seen this movie multiple times. I mean, at least five, if not six. Don't ask me why. I keep going back to that shitty well and drinking the fucking. It's about alcohol. how many times I've seen this film too. So you know, okay. But I I, I remember showing showing this to Mandy um, a couple years back. I pulled it up on demand when we said that townhouse in Metal River when we lived with my dad. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, you gotta watch this, you know, piece of shit. But look who's in it. And she's <laughs> like, what? Matthew McConaughey, Renee Zellweger did a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. I'm like, you ain't seen nothing yet. Hold on, baby, hit this. And I fucking made her rip a couple bong hits, you know. Um, so I picked up on the satire. I want to say my second to last viewing. <clears throat> but I mean, and I know you say I always. I I I, I like the fact that. You know, we go into this week to week and I always forget what the fuck we're covering. I know you say, oh, stop drinking. We're doing the schedule. It's like a surprise to me. But the (laughs) fact that I logged into your voodoo expecting to go back to, you know, the classic 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre only to bring up and see that you've rented generations. I'm like, son of a bitch. It's it's like when you bite that. (laughs) <laughs> but that oatmeal raisin cookie expecting chocolate chip <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> or you take a swig of diet soda thinking it's regular coke you know and i fucking was, love oatmeal raisin cookies so that's I'm not, not a bad surprise you don't, but 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 you know <laughs> you pick one up and you're like you get your taste buds all set for chocolate chip and you get oatmeal raisin yeah you know that's what happened to me the other night when i'm like son of a bitch i gotta do this fucking film all you had to do is stop it after it was over and put in the original to, to watch the taste out uh, i don't know where my original is at and said uh, affairs it's it's around here somewhere because it's got two autographs on it but it, i'm not looking at it right in front of me um and my other two uh notes that i put down here for takeaways for me are the majority of the acting here is amateur hour <laughs> and mcconaughey is a fucking riot other than that yeah that's my takeaways um, yeah, I think you're looking I, good. 
I, I think I think McConaughey would rather acknowledge that fucking unsolved mysteries episode that he did. Oh God! Than than the fact that he was in this film. And by the way, we had talked about it. I'm, I'm I went to send you um that clip remember i told you that i caught the yeah, i called yeah. like the, the random airing on commercial television mm-hmm. it was too big to text you so i just got to email it to you but i still have it on my phone it was just too big of a file but i'll be damned if i don't have him in his fucking you know dialogue free true crime reenactment that he did probably about three or four days prior to beginning production on this fucking film <laughs> you know um yeah yeah this is not one they're talking about they definitely don't speak he doesn't speak of this when 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 doing oh, his no. oh, actor no, no, studio no. with james lipton you no. know although i would love to see that i would love to see Lipton be like uh, you know they're, they're the fucking inside the actor studio like with james lipton like then we have texas chainsaw massacre generally. i'm curious if he talks about it in his book i really am God, I would hope so. I mean, let's face it; it yeah. was the first actual, like, name above the name above the title role that he would have had. You know, I mean, yeah, his breakthrough was a year or two prior in Days of Confused, but this is where they finally, like, you know, give the you know give the guy his you know give the guy his own. Let him because this this is Vilmer's movie. It's not Leatherface's movie. It's fucking Vilmer's movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I agree. I agree. So I would, yeah, I, I, I would. So you, you're not finished. You're not finished the book yet, then. I, I, I no, 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 no. Okay. No, no. Well, I, I got first dibs when you when you're done. All right. Uh, finger looking good. Finger looking good. Do you have any? Do you have a favorite moment of this movie? I mean, I, for me, it's the obvious. It's the dinner scene at the end. I mean. Come on, it's, it's why we watch. It's half the reason we watch these movies is for that iconic dinner sequence at the end of them. Yeah, but it goes all bug nuts with the introduction of. Yeah, I mean the Illuminati just doesn't really fucking do it any favors. But um, my mine is the best part of the movie. Mine is the trifecta cameo in the last scene where you got you know. Oh yeah, okay. Part you know just the fact that you know those in the know because I was and I I don't even may not have picked I didn't I didn't realize it was John Dugan until you said it today. But, um, you know, I don't even know that I caught it the last time around that um, that it was both Partain and uh, uh, Marilyn Burns, you know, um, obviously, you know, going in, you see her on the gurney and stuff, you, you know, you know, it's Marilyn Burns. I didn't pick up the fact that that was, you know, Franklin <laughs> was, was wheeling the gurney. Mm-hmm. until the other night i'm like ah, that's cool that's cool and then obviously you're like oh kim hankel still had their numbers you know he still knew where they lived so he was able to like you know call in a favor they lost a battle right. of super bowl or whatever now you gotta do this fucking you know one done shot in my movie all right um i just want to do really quick alternative versions from other dimension Alternative versions from another dimension. Um, the original cut of the film, 
by uh, Kim Hankel was approximately seven minutes longer than the final version released. And that's the version that's on the uh, Scream Factory Blu-ray. It's disc two, and it's called The Return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And in the original edit of that film, there's some slightly longer shots of violence and character reactions, but the most significant omission in the uh, theatrical version was the, like I mentioned, the deletion of Jenny's backstory at the beginning. In the original cut, the relationship between Jenny and her stepfather is shown to be fraught with elements of domestic abuse and molestation shown as she is subjected to his violent outburst. This later helps to explain why Jenny is not particularly phased when being tortured by other faces, uh, guys and, and, and such. So, yeah, I believe uh, this is, I believe this is the first Texas chainsaw movie where Leatherface cuts absolutely nobody with a fucking chainsaw. The only thing he cuts with that chainsaw is a fucking chimney. Yeah. No one dies. Right. No one dies by the chainsaw in this fucking movie. Nobody. Not even, <clears throat> he don't even cut his own leg for Christ's yeah. sake. No, 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 it's, um, there's an afterthought. Before we wrap this up, you got a mulligan moment. If you had to do it all over again, would you make the same choices? Uh, the whole goddamn thing. <laughs> For me, the, the whole... Illuminati. Just get rid of that Illuminati subplot. Like, like I just, that, that just literally fucking came out of nowhere. It's bullshit. I don't like it. It's too on no. the news. Nowhere, and yeah, and you're doing satire like, oh, you know, the, the reason people are watching is because people want to watch this shit, and we're here to, you know, give you the catharsis.m I, I, I get it. You're, you know, that's kind of like your stand-in for yourself, and your your justification for creating said mayhem and kickstarting a franchise, but it doesn't need to be you know, exposed and like, like that, that method of exposition is just fucking God awful. <laughs> you know, I, I, I seriously wish this franchise had more canon to it because I'm not even mad at three, three's three's fun, but it's, kind I'm a of, fan of three, you know, it's kind of weird. Like you don't know where it's underrated where dude. Yeah, where it falls in the timeline, and and let's face it, our buddy Ken Forey's in that, right? He's a tow truck driver, right? He is. Please, Billy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've I I I've personally I've met and and our own first name basis with multiple veterans of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, but. I, just, I do. I, I, I wish the franchise had a little bit more of a through line like canon instead of just constantly hitting the reset button, hitting the reset button. One and two, like I said, peas and carrots, peanut butter and jelly. Three falls in there somewhere. This one is, like I said, an acid-induced fever dream that takes place between three and then Michael Bay getting his coke addled dick involved with that bullshit um and and then 3d and 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 leatherface because what do we got six all together six of these movies right seven no oh, eight eight four okay. originals and then the two remakes and then the two new ones yeah for eight okay eight. and then you're talking about the, include, including the one that's yet to be released is what you're yep. talking about no, okay. no, 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 no. That's nine. 
It'll be nine Jesus, after that one comes out. Jesus Christ. All right. So uh, to me, they're hitting like a 60% track record because, you know, I, I can find some cohesion between mm-hmm. one, two, three, um, 3D and Leatherface. Like those, that's five. That's five for me that I could find my own way of, of making a cohesive canonical story. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm picking up. You know, and then this one, the two platinum dunes, God knows what's coming out of Romania. Like those are in some weird alternate universe. Like those are the movies that these characters would go see made about their lives. All right. Well, this film is sponsored by the delicious sensation of Texas barbecue. Why turn to cannibalism when you can indulge in something that's much more your stomach's tune? Come on down to Texas and tell them Bubba sent you. Don't worry about those fingernails either. It's just the corn shells we use down here. Texas barbecue, don't mess with the best. Oh, that being said, this film definitely does not get the film effects seal of approval. That'll no, be things sir. for this edition of the show. One down, many more to follow. Sean, what are we doing later on this week? Um, uh, well, this... two more days till Halloween. Halloween, Halloween. Two oh, more yeah, days till Halloween. That, that, that's, Silver that's right. Shamrock. That's right. We're so, Halloween uh, three, baby. Yeah, yeah. We're coming up on season of the witch in our um. It is season of witch the, time. I can't the, wait to talk about this one. Our coverage of the of the good old Haddonfield franchise. Um, and as of tomorrow, we've, we, we've got a nice little extended film effect day here at my place because we're getting that Goodfellas crew together to cover Casino. Casino. We're doing that for next Monday. Yeah, for, for an upcoming episode. That's, that's going to be a good time. I'm looking forward to you know, I can't the fucking wait. I just started yeah. watching it this morning and took to take my notes and shit for it. Uh, God, I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, I gotta. I, I, I literally used my last piece of paper on 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 this fucking film. So I gotta I gotta grab me another notebook and dig into Casino uh, today. Can't wait to do that. Um, but yeah, we're gonna have some fun doing that tomorrow. But yeah, yeah. So we got Halloween three season of the witch coming up. We got Casino coming up. Um, Good things all around. Okay. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, so, yeah, before we get out of here, just want to let you guys know that you can check out our collection. Previous episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, Pocket Cast, and wherever else you enjoy your favorite shows. Check us out on social medias. First, at Facebook and Instagram. At what handle, Sean? Uh, the Film Effect Podcast. And what is that Twitter handle? The Film Effect Pod. All right. And how about that email shit? What's the address? Mm, email is going to be filmoffectpodcast at gmail.com. And also, guys, we got a merch store. We sell a lot more than just t-shirts and hoodies and onesies. We also got tote bags. We got cases, stickers, fucking pillows if you want it. Magnets, uh, notebooks, Tapestries, magnets, journals, if that's your thing. We got all sorts of cool stuff and many designs to choose from including our june pride edition that uh kind of wish more people bought up on i made it hoping it would be a big hit and so far not really not 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 so much but uh it's there along with other 
cool designs that uh we worked worked up together and um yeah guys it's it's there the uh address is tpublic.com and i changed the url our store our store url now is tpublic.com slash film effect podcast simple i'm a fan of simplicity and that's what it is there you go there you go there you go there you go so until later on this week for halloween three want to take us out of here sean Yes, sir, guys, we shall see you all next time when those theater lights go dim and the opening credits begin to roll. I've been Ed. That's been Sean. It's been fun. And now it's done. All right, guys. Take care. Take you later. Take you later.